The following podcast may be explicit. Shedcast presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Welcome back to Adventures from the Shed. Join us at our gaming table as we continue our Dungeon World campaign, Perils of Paradisi. Our heroes have arrived back at the Order of Trenger Monastery to regroup and prepare. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to Adventures from the Shed. We're continuing our Dungeon World campaign, The Perils of Paradisi. First, we're going to go around the table and say hi, starting with Mickey. Mickey. Mickey's eating num-nums, so. Num-nums. Pardon the uh, crunching. Hi, everyone. This is Mickey. I'm playing Demaya, the thief of the group. And I think this is, I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. Cool. Watch me start failing now. Right, cool. Now that you said it. Right? Now that I said it. JJ here playing uh, Strong Don. I, uh, I'm the barbarian of the group and um, the de facto tank and healer and everything else that, that other people don't really want to play. <laughs> and annoying presence. Annoying. <laughs> An incense like definitely, definitely been annoying the thief, I mean his wife, in the last <laughs> session or two. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of um, when Bilbo describes himself to Gollum the first time he sees him. It's like, uh, Strong Don is like, incense lighter and druid dragger. Right? <laughs> Speaking of druids, this is Kurt Schumacher. I'm playing Shadrock of the Druid. Uh, a couple of miserable sessions in terms of roles, but uh, had a little bit of success uh, bringing uh, the entire party back to life last session. So that felt good. You at least had success in leveling up, which you did twice. Yes, indeed, and we'll talk about that, but I get to advance two levels now, which is awesome. Nice. nice. And this is Mike playing Snickle Fritz Bombus Fritzy, the wizard, um, who's been doing all right lately, so I'm pretty happy. Cool. And I'm Joe. I'm the uh, GM, the game master for this Dungeon World game that we're playing, and I just thought about this. I think it was when... with. Bilbo was describing himself to Smog, not Gollum. Sorry. So for those who want to yell at me for that, please feel free to do so on our website at adventuresfromtheshed.com or our Google community or tw- uh, Twitter, tweet it at us with stuff at, at AFD. Get your tweet podcast. on. Tweeter it at. Uh, what, one of the things we did at the end of last session was our characters arrived back at the monastery. A quick recap of that is... They had met the forgotten god Hazara in uh, one of her chambers in the ceremonial complex. And they kind of chatted with her. A few of them got lost in, well, death, Death. as it were, um, staring up at some beautiful constellations. And Shadrach was able to, via the mention of uh, Aglanor, or Alginor, or Aglanate, that guy's name, was able to get them back so that Hazara could have, as it were, maybe a fair fight. And the party returns back to the monastery. At this point, uh, on, on the way, uh, Shadrach had also noticed a lot of undead, essentially legions or armies of undead in various groups approaching the monastery, perhaps three or four days away. The party returns to the monastery, has some time to rest up, and all of our characters had enough experience to be able to level up. And what we're going to do now is take a couple of minutes to go around the table to talk about how that leveling up went and what new things each character has. We'll start with Lady. Go for it. Hi, guys. Anyways. (laughs) So Demaya was pretty successful, so she only was able to level up to level two. And that meant that she chose to add to dexterity. Well, I chose to add to dexterity. So now she's got a dex modifier of 
plus three. Well, actually, it actually, should be two. It should be two still, but you have a seventeen. When you get to eighteen, it'll be three. Well, that's just rude. It's not so rude as it is technical. Well, Sorry. what's the point of doing that? Because you, get you have to time. get to seventeen before eighteen, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's a loser. Unless you're Kurt and you can hop over. I'm just gonna <laughs> hop over it. <laughs> yeah. That was my plan. But you got that. You went up one in dexterity. So next level, going up another in dexterity will give you that extra. Will get me to three. And I chose uh, out of the advanced moves, shoot first. What does that say? Demaya always shoots first. What is that? It means she's never caught by surprise. When an enemy would get a drop on you, you get an act. You get to act first instead. Nice. That is very good. That's cool. That is cool. A little homage to uh, On Solo. I love Hans. Yay. Demaya shot first. Demaya shoots oh, first. Shirt. Hopefully shirt. Harrison Ford is uh, doing well. I hope so, too. Plane crash. Of course, by the time this podcast gets on the air, we'll probably know. I mean, he'll probably be <laughs> right. fine by the time this comes up. He's I mean, a tough dude. Indy doesn't go down. Uh, JJ, what'd you do, man? So Strong Don, he, um, he increased his strength from a 15 to a 16. Um not doing so much. Uh, it gives him a plus one or plus one two strength for a total of plus two now. So I now have a plus two in strength and con my two main stats. So that's that's going well. And then um, <clears throat> I chose to do the advanced move. What is best in life? And at the end Aww, of each session, not love like not, a truck. My love for you is like a truck. What happened? Eh, I mean, parlay is not going to be one of the that's things that I do guy. very well. So. Okay. Um, what is best in life, though, is if I have crushed my enemies, driven them before me, or heard the lamentations of their kinsfolk, Conan I can take an, ex- an extra um, piece of XP. Yeah. Nice. Oh, my so goodness. Awesome. I love it. If you crush your enemies, what? Who determines that? The GM? Or you? Or both? The game does. Yeah. Okay. A- and it will be amongst everybody, just okay. like almost every move we do. Right. All right. So I'll but jump in. that's a Conan reference for those who uh, mm-hmm. are not familiar with it. Awesome. Uh, I Actually, let me be real basic for a second because some of our listeners haven't played Dungeon World or may not remember. In this game, you get experience by failing. So leveling up is because you have been rolling badly and you need to level up to stay competitive <laughs> with your party who, if they're rolling successfully... That's, that's, are, that's one way to word it that I hadn't thought of yet. If you're rolling successfully, you're getting very little XP, but you don't like need Demaya. it. Like <laughs> Demaya. Right, like Demaya, but you don't need it because you're succeeding. So um, I had a couple of days of horrible rolls, so I actually have enough XP to jump to both level 2 and level 3 now. Arguably, we could have taken a break in the middle, but because we went so long without doing uh, uh, an obsession or a level up, whichever it is, um, I'm going to do them both now. So I get two points to add to one or more attributes, and I'm going to put them both in Wisdom, which is my primary stat. takes me to 18, takes my modifier to the maximum of plus 3. Um, no effect on my hit points because I did not change constitution. And I'm taking two advanced moves that are pretty basic but I think will be helpful. The first one is very straightforward. It's called Bark Skin. So long as my feet touch the ground, I get plus one to armor. So that will take my armor to two. The other one is interesting. It's called Shed. It says, when you take damage while shape-shifted, you may choose to revert to your natural form to negate the damage. So I envision that being, you know, I get walloped for seven hit points, which in this is a ton of points. Instead of taking the seven, I go back to a crumbling ball of humanness, but I take no damage. Right. right. So I might lose my holds, yeah, but I don't take the damage. Yeah, you drop your holds to do it, right. Yep. Um, now, one thing that I would ask for you, Kurt, is the one that uh, increases your armor by one when you are touching the earth, 
uh, think of a way that you would want to describe that, you know, drawing strength from the ground or something that allows you to, to have that extra endurance. Right. I mean, I think the idea from the name Barkskin is that you're mm-hmm. like a tree. You're rooted into the earth and it's giving you... But if you're out in the middle of the desert, it still works. So think That's of the right. way that when that happens, when you're taking damage and you reduce, reduce it by one, think okay. of the way that you might want to word that. Okay. And I need to be... And it'll, that might change the way I play a little bit too because... I like getting up as a bird and being a hawk or an eagle and attacking like that. So I need to think in certain times about maybe I'm a bear or a cougar or something instead to get that extra armor. So it says you have to be touching the earth? uh, When touching the the ground. ground. The ground. So if, like, you're inside a building, it doesn't work? No, it still works. We'll see how it goes. That's a great question. I was assuming it meant when you're not flying, but that's a great question. We'll see how it goes. In a monastery, I hope I get the plus one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The, the stone and wood and stone. what have you. Most likely, right. But if you're you know, hanging as a bat from the ceiling, it may or may not work. Right, right. All right. And Fritzy, Fritzy um, was able to level up to level three as he was already level two. And he popped that into intelligence and got the plus three intelligence. So... He'll be casting spells in at an adult level. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can see. And then... Of course, um, I would consider all of us around the table to be adults, and that really doesn't mean much. No. <laughs> um, and then the he, for advanced moves, he picked Empowered Magic, which is pretty helpful if I have uh, cast spells at 10+, I get a big bonus if I... Um, cast them like I got it 7 to 9, I can take the spell's effects maximized or the spell's targets doubled. So I can either take give them max damage or uh, I can attack two enemies at the same time. So that would okay. be cool. So you, uh, can, you, can, you can do more with your spells, but at the detriment of something bad happening right. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. So, like, if he casts a fireball, which is how many d6 is it? I can't remember. I think it's at least two. Yeah. Two, two d6. Um, two d6, yeah. So, if he casts a fireball and rolls a 10 plus, he can choose to just have it deal 12 points of damage. If he does that, he has to pick something from the seven to nine list of cast a spell, which is take a negative one ongoing or you know unwanted uh, draw attention. unwanted attention or forget the spell. But it's that opportunity to just blast the hell out of something. Mm-hmm. Very that's cool. cool, and that's good for magic missile in a, in a range. Well, that's good for magic missile too because magic missile is one target two d four, so that's eight points one target. And fireball is an area of effect, so twelve points <laughs> to a bunch of stuff around one target is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. And you just Looking have to, to you know, draw the attention of everything who lives through it upon yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so we've gotten back around the table to myself, and I will set us back up where we were. So our characters have now spent a little bit of time resting at the monastery. I say a little bit of time. What that's going to equate to is long enough for everybody to have gotten a rest in. So half of your maximum hit points you can add to your hit points. Oh, only half. Half of your maximum. So if your maximum is 20, you can add 10 to your current hit points, so you you know, can whatever add that 10. is. And always, players always round up. So if you have an odd number, round it up. Um, so you will have enough to rest to regain hit points as well as uh, 
pick which spells you want to have memorized as Fritzy. Do I get to replenish my poison? My poison? Uh, at the monastery, because there's a brewery and what have you, yes, there is enough facilities for you to take those components you found in the wilderness and replenish the poisons you had. So Demire will have those back. Is there any opportunity to uh, buy a healing potion or poultices and herbs or anything? Let's do this. At the monastery, because they know you guys are there to help protect them, the monks will gather up several uses of bandages. And let me tell you what that equates to. It is an item that you can write down in your inventory. And bandages are uh, three uses. Each use is for healing. However, it is a slow application. You're bandaging a wound. So that means it's not drink a healing potion, you get a bunch of hit points back. It is when you have the time to bandage up a wound, so half a minute, a minute, two minutes, whatever it may be, depending on the wound, you can, get, you can have four hit points back. So each person can add bandages, again, which is three uses, and each use will heal four hit points. Bandages are very light. It adds zero weight to you. So, you know, one pack of bandages right. is zero weight. It's like a little first aid kit, if you will. If it's all right, I'm going to use one right now, and then when that's effective, I'll be at full max. While you're at the monastery, they'll bandage you. Don't use one up. Okay. They'll help you out. So, like, I'm at 15. My max is 19. Can I consider myself at 19 now, or do yes. I have to wait? Yes, you can. Okay. So, during that eight hours, there is a monk that will tend to you. Okay. Uh, his name is Larry. Hmm. Do we get to Larry. replenish the adventuring gear and rations? They do not down? have adventuring gear for you to replenish. However, um, they would give you each uh, uh, the equivalent of two rations. You can replenish two rations while you are here. So they have a limited supply of food because they're about to be besieged Aww. by undead. I don't want to take all their food. I just need one. Well, considering they have enough stores to, to keep themselves going for weeks, having you four get a, a couple of extra granola bars is not all that bad. So you get a handful of grains, a handful of, you know, uh, different nuts or whatever that you can eat. Cool. So what is your plan at this point with the undead horde approaching from all sides and uh, from varying different strengths, groups of five to 50 that Shadrach has seen on his way here scouting, uh, they're going to arrive in approximately three days' time based on their current progress. What is your plan to help the monastery out? All right. So the first time I was at the monastery, I went around and put runes on the walls to keep the undead out. So I'm going to check those and then uh, go into the monastery. And if I can communicate with the unspeaking monks to try to find the object that they're looking for, the to open a portal, uh, I think Hazara said that the last time. There was a gateway. That the monastery was a gateway. Was the words I think she used. So I'm going to be looking for some magical item that perhaps is the reason they're, they the monastery is so awesome to them. Okay. <laughs> when you check the runes, you realize there have been some feeble attempts against them, but everything is holding strong. So it's like they may have had some undead scouts or something ahead of time. But in the meantime, um, everything is holding strong. You're sure they wouldn't hold against this entire force coming in, but it, it, there was definitely, based on what you can see, there were some attempts against the runes. And um, at least at the start, you don't have a clear indication of what this gateway might be. 
as a party, we discussed the fact during our break that there, our break here at the monastery, that there's no way that we're going to be able to stand against the thousand, uh, thousands of undead who are coming, and there are no allies in the area that we could reasonably contact for support. We had thought about, you know, is there a powerful creature? Is there a, a good dragon or someone we could ask to come and fight with us? <clears throat> and that's not possible. So, Also, the dragons are never good. That's <laughs> and as a point there for anyone who's interested, the uh, map Mike has posted the map on our website, and we are on the island that has Kingsbury on it, Saint Angelique on the far west side of that island. That's where we are, and there is nothing in the immediate vicinity, as Kurt was mentioning. There's nothing in the immediate vicinity of uh, uh, that amounts to any amount of help. Right. And given the the time pressure we're under, realistically, we have to either find out what this gateway is or find whether there's an object of power that can either aid us in the defense or that by destroying it might cripple their forces, something like that. So I think we've all agreed that we basically have to undertake a concerted search of the monastery and the surrounding area if necessary. All right. Can we, shouldn't we just ask if anything has been delivered that's out of the ordinary, anything new? We can ask the dwarves, have, right? have you all had a gateway to death delivered recently? Can no. I check your invoices? Any, anything come in strange? <laughs> Well, or if the monks or the dwarves know any, you know, if they can point us. Mm-hmm. Now, to the point that that Demaya was looking into, um, you you see when asking around that almost everything is exported from here. They have their own um, uh, wheat fields, granaries, what have you. They are self sufficient on food. And everything is exported. Their booze is exported. So there's hardly anything that comes in except for money to continue their operations. So yeah. the only thing that's come in has been money? Essentially money, uh, clothing, linens, things like that for them to clothe themselves and keep themselves going. Uh, some lumber here and there. But nothing that would amount to a gateway to hell. Okay. So yeah, when I, when I created this island... I definitely saw the smaller towns on this island as being basically support for Kingsbury. So, like, they were the suppliers. They're the alcoholic support for Kingsbury, so to speak. Yeah, St. Angelique, the uh, Order of Trenger Monastery. When Fritzy created the island, baby, he saw it like (laughs) this. It's like a creator. Talk about there. When I created this island. What is Strong strong Dawn up to uh, over Um, the next 8 to 12 hours? I mean, growing up in the, you know, in the tribes, like, whenever an invading force is coming to uh, steal our goats, um, we would always send out raiding forces to try to cut the, uh, the head off, so to speak, to try to um, take out the leadership, because when there is no leadership, uh, the attacking body seems to disintegrate. And that would seem even more so true if the... You know, you have undead who are essentially mindless. All right, so who? Tell me a little bit about the plan. Who do? Who does Strong Dawn think is in charge? Uh, who would you go to cut the head off of? That's the thing. You have to. You have to look at the invading force. Like you know, the head tends to be in the center. And in of- your day's travel there, um, Shadrach would have mentioned to you that it looks like each of these bands between five and fifty. Uh, undead are controlled by a say one to five ratio of dwarves kind of chanting and pushing them along kind of like the encounter that you guys had had and there's no like chain of command there's no dwarves conferring with another being 
If you had to guess, the chain of command would be from the dwarves up to Hazara at that point, based on the very limited experience you have with it so far. Fair enough. Yeah, However, so- any die roll could prove differently. Hmm. So with a spout lore or, you know. Although if you take out a couple of those, the commander guys, you would, might take out large groups of of undead animals. Because nothing's driving those undead animals toward the monastery. Those are forces we don't have to deal with. And Mm -hmm. we can take out a, a unproportional amount of troops coming toward the monastery. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm stealing M&M's from Mickey. Sorry. Go right. on. So I don't know. I, so I think, that's his I plan. Think in the interim, while the monks or, you know, the Maya and everything yeah. like that are looking for this item that you guys seem to think is here, I think we should try to cut some heads off. Yeah. And it may not be an item. I mean, the gateway could be a hole in the basement to hell. I mean, we okay. don't know. But so let's yeah, take we can this, split, We can split the party. I already did that last time. Um, so amongst the four party members, as well as uh, Thargus Hackshield, uh, the general consensus is from the dwarves is um, uh, we need to shore up the doors, make sure everything is protected as much as possible, because when they arrive, we need to keep them out as long as possible and try and kill them. You know, get some people up on the walls with slings, and they don't have bows and arrows here. It's really just uh, dwarves with their um, hammers and axes and what have you, but they'll throw rocks and, and sl- use slings, what have you. A couple of crossbows around, but this place really isn't built for defense. Uh, and that's their plan. You guys are going to do what specifically from this point, given you have about two and a half days until the undead arrive? Is anybody acting weird? Aside from you four, not necessarily. Nobody's acting out of character. (laughs) I mean, there is a lot of... uh, Let's do this. Let's let's go to a discern realities role with that. Because overall, people seem to be going about their business and at the same time trying to make sure there are defenses where needed. But if you're going to look for something else, you're going to fail and mark an experience. So that's a four minus one is a three. Is that the lowest roll we've had so far? I want to give I've, you I've a, rolled snake eyes. a record. Okay, right. so not, you don't have that record then. Okay, so you're looking around, essentially losing yourself in the different areas of the monastery, trying to figure out if somebody's hiding in a corner here. No, or not so much that. Just um, if anyone's well, for, kind of act, acting out of character. Cause we've I guess been that's, countered- what that's what I mean. You're looking around for somebody who might not be going about their normal business. Yeah. Right. And you're doing that. You're off looking for somebody who is... Uh, like a saboteur. There you exactly. go. I like it. And who else? Who else wants to uh, investigate further, make a roll, lose I mean, themselves within the monastery? I would like to... JJ, do you want to go off and fight? Or do yeah. you want me to go off and fight with you while they search the monastery? I think we should get some uh, generics with us and uh, go out to see if we can't okay. cut some heads. It I was... don't think that's the solution, but I do think that that's what he would do and maybe what I would do, so... And what's Fritzy you wanted? I would like to accomplish to keep searching for whatever item that they might be looking like. Even if I have to discern, that's and what you're really, do. really look yeah. into it. So you're going to be studying the the entire area and trying to figure out what's going on, right? Essentially, so we're going to do a discern realities roll with that. All right, 
And what do we get? Uh, seven. Seven is not a failure, but you nope. get to ask a question. All right. Um, Sheet should still be out there, yeah. Um, what here is useful or valuable to me? Okay, so uh, I think that's a pretty what? good one. I think uh, we'll put it this way. You find your way into one of the sub-basements of the monastery where they store casks for aging or something of that type, uh, humidity-controlled, what have you, these nice areas. And um, JJ's making shadow puppets. Uh, when you get down there, you realize that the the entire room that has casks stacked like four or five high is a lot warmer than it should be underground. And when you're entering the area, one of the dwarves is complaining that it's going to ruin the mead and that it's, it's a lot warmer than it should be in this place. Is, um, uh, there's something been wrong here for the last few days. Well, I suggest to him that uh, we can't have the mead be damaged. So he should I'll drink pull, it now. <laughs> he should pull it out so I can actually... Like, I say it like I'm worried about the mead, which I am somewhat worried about the mm. mead, but I'm I'm actually looking for whatever item is perhaps causing that, and okay. by moving that out, maybe I can see this item. Okay, so you've entered a room, and the room has, like, <laughs> finger-drawn casks along the bottom of the, uh, the south side of the room. Um, and the, the guy takes um, some kind of odd-looking... Yeah, I couldn't finish, though, sorry. Um, he takes some kind of odd-looking hand truck dolly kind of thing, moves some casks out of the way, and that southern wall of it, it feels warm. The, the whole wall feels warm. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to roll again, but I, <laughs> I would like to check out that wall yeah. to see... Like, what is causing that? I need to figure out okay. what is causing that. How are you going to do this? Is this a detect magic or discern realities? Um, maybe I'll detect some magic first, since I probably am okay. better. I say that. it because last time you did detect magic a few times when mm -hmm. something was amiss. Okay. So let's try that. Ooh. And that's a 10. A 10 is a complete success. Complete success. Oh, my gosh. Now, if you would, just recount to us what does it? What happens when Fritzy does a detect magic spell, because I think this is the first success. Yeah. yeah. So when Fritzy does it, his, his eyes glaze over white, and then they shine, almost like flashlights. And then uh, his senses are briefly attuned to magic, and the GM will tell him what is magical. So... In my mind, I see like the uh, the Century Fox uh, spotlights going all over the place, and then zooming in on one thing. That's yeah. kind of an interesting idea. <laughs> I, I know when you said that, I was thinking that the Eye of Sauron thing, where it fixes on something. Yeah, I, or I like, like that. the items in the room that are magical glow a different color, and everything mm -hmm. else is like grayed out. But they only glow to you. They only glow. That's to more me. what yeah. I think of, like Assassin's Creed, like Eagle Vision, where yeah. you see the important things. Uh huh. Okay. So along that southern wall of this room where the casks were moved away from, um, and, and by the way, when the dwarf sees you kind of magic out, he decides he, he like slowly steps backwards out of the room. He's got like other he places to be. Yeah, he's, he's got something else to do. Um, the entire southern wall of the room almost 
it's like a um uh it's overlaid on top of what you see behind it which is a swirling mist of stars and black sky and it's almost like a planetarium in you know 10 times speed where the stars are moving just quick enough to leave a trail behind them and that's what you see behind this wall that's superimposed in front of it okay does it look familiar it it does sound familiar it, uh, yeah, for that matter, it it gives you the same feeling that you were um, within the uh, the cavern, within Hazara's chamber. Okay. Um, I guess he would like to um, take some time and change up his spells so he can try to dispel that magic. Okay. So maybe he can close the portal before they even get there. So we're looking at at least fifteen minutes of time right. uh, of there. So who else is doing what at this point? So we're talking. So are you all by yourself, or did you go and get some help? Or? I think I'm currently still all by myself. You wanted my, a hero. My it? little mead friend left. So yeah, the dwarf left. Now it's, it's like not that you couldn't look for somebody to help you out. Um, and 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 for that matter, it might be good that uh, Demaya is with you at the time, mm-hmm. so that at least we're splitting the party in two instead of three. I think Demaya is already wandering around looking for something strange, and that definitely seems like it might be strange. It, it very well could be. Um, Maybe when the guy runs off, she notices that he's like disturbed and mm-hmm. running out of there, and she goes in to investigate, investigate and, and finds fi- me. And stumbles upon you with your glassy eyes. <laughs> yep. you Why go. are you drawing Cthulhu? <laughs> I thought she was drawing a peppermint um, beholder. <laughs> that's what i was thinking of that yeah. well i mean it's the end of the world this is what's coming okay um a Navinral's disc from magic that's what it is it destroys it everything it destroys everything um all right so mickey was drawing on our, our map here so we got distracted uh so so demaya and uh fritzy will be in the same place at this time and we're talking about strong dawn and uh shadrach heading out <gasps> of the area and possibly trying to eliminate a couple of these groups of uh, dwarf-slash-undead animals. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I'd like Trying to, to buy time by you know, find, finding the groups that are closest to us mm-hmm. and knocking out a leader or two, maybe it buys a little more time if we need it. So give me an idea of what that looks like, how you guys would, cre- uh, how you guys would handle that action, and we'll summarize it in a couple of roles. A small task force, um, uh, just you know, quick... In just kill as many of the uh, or even knock out as many of the leaders as we can and get back out without like trying to maximize okay. damage, just trying to minimize impact on ourselves. Right, we're not okay. trying to fight the undead animals if we don't have to. We're trying to hit the leaders quick and hard and moving on to the next group. Okay. And you wanted to grab a couple of the dwarves to go with you? Yes. Okay, so you get a couple of of volunteers who are part of the uh, Hackshield clan. Um, Samur and Taunter Hackshield, they're both part of the Hackshield clan, and they they definitely are very eager to get out and eliminate some of this menace. Um, So you get those two, and they're both hammer-wielding Hackshields. They have a shield, and they have a hammer, and they're both wearing chain armor, and they're they're definitely out alongside you guys to to handle this. All right. Um, uh, give me a, an an idea of how you're approaching it from the character's perspective, so I know what I'd ask you to roll. So let's say, for example, the first 
group you're happening upon is one dwarf leading four undead things, how would you handle that? Straight to the... And um, it's, it's like a two days out of quick travel. So the dwarves that you're bringing with you, you know, they're, they're doing it double time. Dwarves as fast as their little legs will carry them. And you've got the nice long strides of the barbarian. You're probably flying alongside, making sure things are ready. You spot the first group. There's one dwarf and five or four or five undead animals that they're leading ahead. So, I mean, taking the dwarf out is the absolute priority. Um, killing the undead is not our um, goal in this. So, so now, when we you will... say taking the dwarves out and the time you're going to travel, uh, Samur and Taunter would tell you that they do not want to kill another dwarf. So when you say taking the dwarf out, you would know from them ahead of time that they do not want no, no, their no, no, brothers in arms to die. They ain't coming. They would have been part of the whole briefing. Well, they would want to do kind of like you, what you did with uh, Circus. Knock um, him out. Circus, you subdued him, tied him up, and sent him back to the monastery. We, he is currently in a cell somewhere because he's still babbling. <laughs> right? And they would expect that that's what would happen to the next dwarves. Now, if you want to say that because of that you wouldn't bring them along, that's fine. But they are dwarves, and they don't want to kill their brothers in arms. And that's noble. That's fine. But that's yeah. not what survival is. Well, they want to survive by capturing their brothers in arms and making sure that they are brought back to the good side, to the light side. Yeah, they're just mind-controlled. They're not... That's what they think, at least, right? Exactly. And the zombie and the guy that got bit by a zombie is just bitten a little bit and bleeding a little bit. No big deal. <laughs> Let's bring him back into the fold. Said we, the we, refer to our dungeon we refer to our dungeon, our other Dungeon World game a lot here, at least I do. And this happened in our other Dungeon World game where the werewolves were biting people and turning them into werewolves. And the people of the town said, oh, they're just sick. <laughs> yeah, right. I think no we, one if we wanted to, idea. well, the problem is getting them back. But we could, I mean, we could easily ambush the, if these smaller parties by, I fly up, I'm in a tree, I drop on them. Mess them up as a hawk or whatever. You come in, bop them on the head, tie them up, or kill them as you prefer. But if we're going to kill them, we can't take the other dwarfs around. I, as a druid, don't have a problem killing the dwarfs because to me they're unnatural. They're already men corrupted. Menaces. Yeah. You also don't have a problem killing the undead animals. It's actually putting them to rest. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, But in this instance, it's a matter of taking out the maximum amount without with minimum effort. Right. Yep. It might be faster you and I and leaving the dwarves at home and we yep. go, I distract you whoosh, and unless, we move on to the next group. Unless you say, oh, we go and we knock them out and then just have the dwarves follow behind you and take them. Like, like you can quick go in, swoop in, knock them out and then the dwarves can be handling while the like while the whatever animals are there are distracted, you know, they they the the undead would probably disperse with the dwarf knocked out. Right. Right. Yeah, the dwarves could be our basically our jailers. They, they could, could chain, chain them crew. Crew. Yeah. They could chain them like a cleanup crew. And then you could listen to their lamentations while they wail behind this you. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'd like to do then. From the All sound right, I'm, of I'm this, okay with that. we're talking about Strong Dawn going just straightforward with strength, trying to wipe things out. Yep. And from the way that Kurt has described it for Shadrock, it would be wisdom because you're going to be doing some shape-shifting and messing with people. So in order to get some of this done, the, as you guys have described it, 
We're just going to do one roll for each of you. Okay. So go ahead with a strength roll for Strong Dawn. He is I... warming. Oh, my oh, gosh. My lordy, lordy, lordy. But, hey, the D6 isn't higher than the D8. So I don't have a double negative. <laughs> All right, five, need... seven. Whew. All right. So I have a five. Not a highly successful raid. Right? Is that right? Four, five, plus three, eight. 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 Sorry. Eight. So what we're going That's to say not being able to do math. What we're going to say for now, because I was encapsulating what you guys were trying to do within these couple of rolls, you're just going to be taking an extended time out there trying to get this stuff accomplished. In the meantime, because you guys are going to be gone for at least two days now, um, Demaya and Fritzy have been down in this area, and they these guys, uh, Shadrock and um, Strongdon, have gone out uh, with the dwarves now to um to try and clean some stuff up they've been gone you're down in the cellar where the casks are and you found the warm wall you know there's some magic there demaya has uh found her way into this room what is it the two of you are going to do all right um i would think that the first thing i'm going to try as i was studying my book is to try to dispel the magic okay and see if maybe if i use that if i can close the portal and then they'd have no reason to attack the monastery. Um, if that doesn't work, maybe I can do some kind of ritual with the Maya's help to, I don't know, hide it or dispel it like that. Okay. So you currently are seeing this as the gateway that Hazara mentioned. Right. And you want to close it. Right. All right. So let's start with that dispel magic then. Okay. So pretty much as Demaya enters the area, you're closing your spell book. You're ready with your dispel magic. What does dispel magic look like? Because Demaya is going to see it. Um, I think it, it would go almost in tandem with the detect magic. So maybe my eyes would would still be white, but maybe I would like just have to like touch it, mm-hmm. and maybe that that the light that is in my eyes would you could see like little strands of it coming out of the fingers as i touch it so like the light comes out of me kind of like a plasma ball kind of thing where you just got that little thing that leads to the little strand like a web strand almost that leads to the next thing yep i like that idea all right so got plus three with the level up so hopefully i can do well here Oh, oh my oh, God! Guys. The only thing that the I only could way fail. to fail. Yeah. Oh, One job. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, <laughs> so I guess you I'm get making sucked, you. You get sucked you. into the portal of death. <laughs> and um, so Demaya, when you walk into the room, Fritzy is closing his spell book. What does his spell book look like, by the way? I think it would be just some big tome that is is leather bound and okay. and maybe has a a nice F on it for Fritzy. Fritzy. Or, or I think uh, I think you're going to say it looks like the New York Times or something, but that that's cool. Okay, so you see Demaya, you see Fritzy closing his spell book, stand up and perform this spell and this uh, white wisp of light magic stuff emanates from his hand and when that happens the wall kind of vanishes and you see the the night sky 
uh, along that entire south wall, and it brings about that feeling of despair you had when you were in the other room. Lovely. Yeah. Can I aid? Uh, you can aid him in being desperate. So I feel desperate? <laughs> you, you have that feeling of despair now. Now, th- that's a good point. As far as a basic move, there's the aid or interfere move. And the way that works, and it's something we still have to, to do as a group here, is uh, it works based on bonds. When you go to aid or interfere, you roll plus the bonds you have with that character. And that allows you, if you aid them, they get a plus one. And if you're trying to interfere with something they do, I get, think they get a minus two to the roll. But you have to roll for that. And we need to know that ahead of time. It's something we haven't really done much of yet. But aiding or interfering with what someone is doing can be definitely useful. It can turn uh, you know, a nine into a ten. It can turn a six into a seven. Um, it can bring you know, success from failure. In this case, though, you see that happen. So he stands up after studying his book, uh, outstretches his hand, this wisp of magic stretches from his hand to the wall, and the wall disappears, and you see that um, apparently death awaits you again. So what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm dead? Uh, You're not, but it's that idea that what was before you, what you were surrounded by, is now just in front of you. So maybe it's not as bad as it was before, but that... It, but I, it's, I, I remember that feeling. Yeah. So can I now... So instead of the nightmare, you're remembering the I'm nightmare. I'm remembering the nightmare. Yeah. So I, as a result of that, couldn't I try to... Like, that would freak me out, because I don't want to go in there again. Yeah. You might want to do an acrobatic leap. Backwards. Yeah, I'm thinking like a defy danger. Right now, as far as the effect, statistically, the effect on your character is nothing. It is more of a description for me Okay, that that's bad. What he just did looks like he opened up this wall underneath the monastery into the same dimension that you were in when you were in Hazara's chamber. You may not have been well done, Fritzy. Well done. So don't do that again. <laughs> well, I mean, stop that. Stop it. I I would look at you like uh, this is too powerful. I and we need maybe I don't know if the Tranger monks are magical in any way, and they could assist. Or if, should have used my incense. Or <laughs> if you could assist, I don't know how magical a thief is. Do not do that again. Rule number one. <laughs> That's fair. Definitely. Rule number two. I don't know. What what can we go about? How can we do this? I'm not magical at all. There's, I don't Except know. If, for, is know. there any magical people in this Well, here's community. the thing, though. The one magical person that's there caused the problem. Are you sure you want more magical stuff? No. I said don't <laughs> do that again. I mean, now we've exposed the problem. So now yeah. we can get all the magical people that we can together and maybe close it now that we can see it. It's so kind of like setting a broken bone that's kind of sort of healed. you got to re-break it first. Ow. Yeah. My leg hurts from just hearing that. Um, so the, as far as the monastery goes, the monks themselves, they're more of the um, uh, Buddhist type of thing. They're at one with the world, not necessarily magical, just they're in tune with nature. Kind of like, no, like the druid isn't magical, but is in tune with the world. Well, he's magical too. He turns. He doesn't cast any spells. I guess is what I mean. 
animals. You can call um, it, yeah, you can call it magical, but it's a natural. Is there anyone in the town or the whole area that is magical? I, think like, I call upon the spirits to change my shape. It's as, more far, like as far as you already know, the answer to that would be no. There's nobody around who is um, magically inclined. So I'm the only magic guy. You, you are. You're the wizard, man. The wizard. There is nothing in this area that thrives on the, the mana of the earth or the, the, the ethereal powers that you do. So, I guess I got to try again then. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I'm the only host. Don't but, do it. All right, so wait, question. All right, so she kind of looks at you and goes, that gave me a feeling of death. You know, I felt like complete despair, no hope. What if we try to do the opposite of that? Like, what would be the opposite Sing one feeling. love at it instead let's, of let's dispel magic. Skip. Create magic. Let's all sing kumbaya and try to hold hands. No, I mean like we need something that that represents a life force to counteract death. Maybe you could aid in my spell casting by your positivity. Well, she's not positive. <laughs> no, I mean, no, she positively doesn't want you to do that again. You know what I'm getting at? Like counteract death with something that represents a life force. Right. If the I were there, I could call out the squirrels. That you just said that they love the that's their bag is life force. Right? Well, the you know the ancient god of you know death and disease and bad stuff uh, wants to consume life because then life is gone and you have death and disease and bad stuff. Maybe they could stand around and chant. So we need while something that. Is there a pregnant lady? Let's have somebody give birth. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Mickey with the first bad joke. No. <laughs> is, is there a god of light? Is there a god of light or life in this world? He's of significance. Um, who wants is, to spout lore for that? Is there well, a, you and I aren't there, so yeah, mm-hmm. I could do that. Like you know I what like I'm getting idea. at? We yeah. need something to counteract this force. Something that's the voice, opposite though. of life, of death and despair. So life and happiness. Uh, that would be Shadrock, I believe. Shadtastic? <laughs> yeah, just kidding. He's the only one that didn't fall into the pit of despair the first time. Did you steal my dice? I didn't fall in. I Are jumped in. I don't know. <laughs> Mike's looking for dice that are going to roll good. Right, oh, my gosh. Did you best. just get three ones on yeah. five dice and a right. two and a three? Oh, my gosh. All right. So let's get some knowledge going. That's not bad. That'll do. Um, that's an 11. 11 is knowledge indeed. Okay, so... Wish I would have rolled that for the cast. <laughs> so, based on what we were just talking about, the idea of uh, life countering death uh, within the monastery, um, uh, maybe it, it was found out when wounds were being tended to in the monastery, but one of the things that the, uh, the monks actually... Uh, praise more than worship but they're attuned to one of the gods of the wellspring of life and you don't know the name of it but you recognize the symbol they all wear the same symbol and these monks are indeed uh, about bringing forth goodness into the world and life from from lifelessness as it were Uh, so the monks themselves if you found a way to communicate with them would probably be able to help you out now the dwarves seem to have found a way to communicate with them, even if it's just in coins. So we need a dwarf to communicate to the monks 
that we need to do a life bringing ritual in this room. Yeah. That sounds like the plan that is better than me failing again. <laughs> At least for now. Mm-hmm. So let's go and right. try to do that while we see okay. what the other guys are doing. Okay. So for the next day, you're spending the time trying to get all the right people in order. The communications that need to happen between the dwarves and the monks. And the monks actually agreeing to the plan. And you are maybe a day or so away from the undead approaching when you finally gather six of the monks, including their leader. And one thing you can't get from them is names of anybody because apparently not only do they not talk, but they don't name each other. Um, They communicate in hand signals. And as far as you can tell, uh, the leader is something that's shaped like a number seven and a three uh, uh, plus a Q somewhere maybe there. But uh, the guy who's in charge of everything, um, it joins in this, this ritual they're trying to put together. And in the time it takes for uh, the, the dwarves and the monks to assemble and get into this room, this cellar, where the casks were or are moved to the side, uh, that's when um, Shadrach and Strongdon return. And you hear amongst the monastery that they're gathering a group down in the basement, one of the basements. Yeah. Right. What do you guys want to do? So you weren't as successful as you wanted to be out there. You couldn't find enough small groups to tackle, but you found one or two, you know, eliminated a, a few people here and there, a few of the undead, captured one dwarf to bring back to the monastery. He's back there in a cell next to the circus, the other guy. All right. And they're just... I, uh, I found out that the, the idea of this ritual is to... Uh, create life or counteract death at least and the best thing about that is just sex that's creating life right there <laughs> I want to see if I can find myself a maiden that will uh, oh, <laughs> in front of all the this wall. talk about goats got you going huh <laughs> <laughs> alright um, Shadrock you want to turn into a goat <laughs> <laughs> well, while Strongdon is an attractive man, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about these ways of the maidens. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go and talk to Fritzy and offer to see what I might be able to do to help him. You're you, Mr. Life, too. Yeah, so when I you find Fritzy down in the basement, he's um, trying to work with the monks and the dwarves to organize this ritual to shut down what apparently when you walk into there you see something you hadn't seen before as as Shadrock you were the only one that wasn't sucked into the alternate dimension right and so you see like stars with tails flying across almost like a, a bunch of shooting stars all along this this 30 or 40 foot southern wall of the room and it, it's just blackness with stars kind of trailing along the wall and Fritzy is is organizing things so, since he's the organizer, I'll talk to him and see what, if anything, he thinks I can do. Not being familiar I mean, with if, what's going on. If it's a life ritual, uh, the druid is, is Mr. Life, so hopefully he, his involvement will give a boost to the ritual. And call some squirrel friends and sit on my shoulders and meditate <laughs> in the room. 
<laughs> you know that sounds awesome. I, I, yeah, let's go for it. Let's make a wisdom roll. That's what that. I would do. Is I would yeah. get as much nature around me as reasonably possible and sit and focus. Let's do that. I, I want to make it a wisdom roll because that's your base stat as plus a three, druid. Plus three. Plus three. Come on, baby. Come on. They call me baby. Ten. That's good. Very nice. That's very nice. So over the next hour or so, every small woodland animal, a couple of chipmunks, some squirrels, what have you, they come find you within a the monastery. A little rabbit? A rabbit, sure. Nice. What color? Uh, yeah, the white. The white rabbits. Possibly the one with the red rabbits? eyes because they're kind of creepy. <laughs> they're creepy. No, yeah. nice little brown eyes. That little brown-eyed ra- white rabbit. Um, so you get some little chickadees, some some squirrels, some, uh, uh, as they call them here, ground, like a Bambi movie. ground squirrels, which are chipmunks. Um and a rabbit. So you're kind of, yes, like a Bambi movie. You're kind of surrounded by, by a little bit of wildlife around you um, as this happens. And uh, so the, the uh, ritual gets pulled together. Everyone's chanting. The, the um, non-monks are chanting. The monks themselves are doing this little, they're kind of sitting on the ground, bent at the waist, kind of rocking forward and back and forward and back. And, you know, their hands are touching the ground and coming up from the ground. And they seem to have some rhythm to what they are doing that goes along with the dwarven chants and whatever you guys may be doing. Can I examine to see what else is hidden in here? You want to do the trap expert thing? Sure. Go for it. This is most likely a dangerous area at this point since there's a portal to death. Yeah. That makes it kind of dangerous by default. Oh gosh! You f- you you freaking succeeded! I awesomely. Did. That's a six and a five plus whatever plus makes it well two. over a ten. Plus it well over a ten. Yeah. So so I that s- means you get a lot of stuff, don't you? I hold three. Yeah. If I can ask all three of my questions. You sure can. Well, let's start with one, because you don't have to ask them all at the same time. What does the trap do when it's activated? Well, you there, there. All right, so th- this is a good one, I think, in this case because the wall itself is it's it's um, analogous with a trap. I mean, mm-hmm. this goes into another dimension, right? Mm-hmm. So, if something were to go through from this side, you are pretty sure that it would just die, right? It would leave its essence in this world, and it's. Um, its being would go to the next. If something comes through from the other side, you feel it would gain life. So So if a soul, as it were, were to come through from the starry side, it would gain life and be corporeal in this world. So what else is hidden there? Uh, Among that area, that southern wall, uh, that southern wall of the room that we're in, there is what looks like on the opposite side. So if you look through this veil, as it were, on the other side, you can see that there are, um, uh, I'll use the same word again, souls waiting to come through to this side, but they're waiting for something. Oh, so what activates it? You would guess, and most likely accurately, that once the undead reach the outside of the monastery, they, these things will come in from the underbelly this as well. This is the back door. Mm-hmm. We've got to shut the back door. Well, she did say that's what that, she said that you had to trade. So it, it's a life for a life. So yeah. maybe, like once people start dying, these things are are gain the life that is lost. It's a one for one trade, perhaps. Yeah. And we're about to just feed it a whole bunch of life. 
Or it's very possible we are going to counteract it like we're hoping, and uh, this portal will close and slam in these guys' faces. All right, fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> I give so, it at least sixty-five. Sixty-five. <laughs> you think it's that close to failure? It's crazy. All right. Oh, what does Strong Don think of this whole thing? This might be beyond the realm he's used to dealing. Yeah, with. Yeah, that's a, my whole thing. Is like you know, if we're trying to do the opposite of death, it's sex bring the bring on the still go after <laughs> like, sex i mean that, that that that's what he would be thinking like stupid why would you do this the opposite of death is sex okay um to celebrate death you have sex so in this monastery you only have two options play dwarf or play monk magazines um what are you in the <laughs> corner reading <laughs> neither i'm just you're still looking for someone to yeah, I'm gonna watch, walking around, see if there's any maidens. Uh, definitely not. Um, although you might not be able to tell the dwarf women from the men. This is true. Mm, dwarf. You, do you want to take the chance? In the meantime, um, we're going to have it as the ritual seems to end, and the wall starts to uh, coalesce back in. Uh, behind or in front of the starry sky and as that happens you hear outside of the monastery so faint kind of in the distance because you have several meters or feet or yards of rock in between you and the outside you hear what appears to sound like uh, something pounding at the outside of the monastery so like something has reached the monastery from the outside i will run out and see what that is when you reach the outside, you see that from from three or four directions, not from where the road is, but from the other three sides, the monastery now has undead uh, animals and human humanoids all around it, all beating upon the walls of the monastery. Kind of in a rhythmic, everything's been rhythmic the whole time. It's just a bam, bam, bam. And... Um, you wouldn't. You weren't expecting them for probably another half a day. I think we set something off. You think? You think? Damn it, Jim! Why? Is there anything else I can do down below, or is that what we did? The you best can always can? do something. What do you want to do? I. I mean, I want to. You want it to stop just stop? It. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just but what do you want to try to stop it? Because you've come up with a lot of stuff, and it maybe it slowed it down or reduced it a bit. But I mean, maybe they're they hurried up because we're making progress. It could be. So I don't know what if we can pick do? up the the power and keep going. Amp it up. <laughs> Amp it up. Somebody more. turn the dial to eleven, man. Um, like I can. That sounds inspirational. Let's try a charisma roll once you pick the microphone up. Yeah. All right. Still good. All Very right. Good. So what is it? Charisma? Let's try a charisma. Yeah, because you're going to try and egg people on, right? You're trying yeah. to, come on, everybody, chant louder, lean forward faster. Yes. Very nice. Okay. Ten. So at that point, um, uh, what does it sound like? Do, do you have a, a little inspirational speech you want to try? Uh, we're the, we have... We have the, the, no, I don't have an instrument. Okay. So Fritzy says some encouraging words that don't at all sound like, I don't have anything. Nope. But there are some encouraging, inspirational words. And 
you know the monks uh, put more effort into their bowing at the ground and um, the dwarves have a little bit of a, a different chant to them and, and they're pushing forward and um, uh, Strong Dawn went outside to see what was going on and as you're out there one of the dwarves runs out of the uh, the main doors uh, because where the road is was not the side they were being beset upon and he runs out the main doors and goes out to fight some of the undead and he is struck down and at the moment he is struck down down in the basement you see one of those souls that Demaya had seen kind of forms into uh, like a, a almost black charcoal looking humanoid shape and walks through the wall towards you guys and that's where we're going to stop it for this time. Uh-huh. Yay. Yay. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> how's, see you How's this time. going, huh? Uh, it could uh, be better. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap it up for this time. Everybody want to say... Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Little penis. After finding the gateway to Hazara's realm in the lower level of the monastery, the party is faced with the challenge of closing the gateway before it's too late. Does Hazara really mean to trade a life for a life? We'll learn next time. Thanks for joining us. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Shedcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.